the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. I want to invite our attention on this morning to Luke's Gospel, chapter 12. We'll begin our reading, verse 16. The word of the Lord reads as follows. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns, build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we love you. We honor you. We bless your name because you're good. You're merciful and kind. Let now the word of God come and flow through these lips of clay in such a way that if there's anyone who does not know you as Lord and Savior of their life, that today would be the day that they would be snatched out of darkness and transferred and into the marvelous light. God, if there's any that have come in this place today disconnected from fellowship with you, Lord, let this be the day that they would reconnect in fellowship, that the the relationship between you and them might be amended once again. Spirit of the Lord, those who may have come in hurting and in pain and in distraught and despair, speak clearly into their lives words of encouragement. God, in all the ways in which we need you, be that to us on today. Father, I'm praying that these words of the scripture would enlighten, would encourage, would uplift, would upbuild. But most importantly, God, that the preaching of the gospel through my lips, God, would bring glory to you that when all is said and done that your name would get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise father have your way in this place because i know you have intended it for this day and this time so now speak lord in this place and we'll glorify you i need you lord use me as an instrument in your hand to accomplish your will in jesus name amen and amen Catherine, we've been on a journey through a series of messages entitled Passing a New Way. We committed in our hearts and our minds as a church body to, to do this thing a new way, in a way in which pleases God. And so we are passing 
a new way. We began our journey in Joshua chapter 3, and we spoke to you in part one of this series from the idea, hindrances to passing a new way. Secondly, we talked in Joshua chapter 3, part 2, help for passing a new way. In Exodus chapter 3, we spoke from the idea in part 3 of the series, deliverance a new way. Part 4 was from Romans chapter 6, passing sin a new way. And then in part 5, we were in Ruth chapter 1, speaking from the idea, starting over a new way. For some of us, because we've been doing things the same old way, it became relevant to us as to what we need to do to start over a new way. First and foremost, we said you had to be willing to make a vow. We saw there in Ruth that Ruth made a vow, not just saying that she would do it, but she made a committed, dedicated vow to her mother-in-law, Naomi, that she would be with her and follow her. Wherever you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. Where they lay you down, I will be laid down. And we said if we're going to start over a new way, we've got to have that kind of committed vow that we're willing to make. Secondly, we said we've also got to be willing to take a vow. What we discovered as we looked at Ruth's story there is that Ruth was willing to bow herself, to humble herself in order to provide for the needs of herself and her mother-in-law. Here is Ruth abandoning her family, abandoning her God, abandoning all that was common to her to go to a foreign land with her mother-in-law, but yet she was humble enough to go and pick up scraps out of the field. For us, if we're going to start over a new way, we've got to understand and realize it begins by humbling yourself. Because when you humble yourself, God will exalt you. But when you exalt yourself, God will humble you. And so if we're going to start over a new way, it might begin by bowing ourselves, humbling ourselves, as opposed to saying what we won't do, humble yourself and do it anyhow. Amen. And then watch God lift you up. In the final part of the text, we also said that we've also be willing to let God provide the wow, because in the process of us humbling ourselves, God wows us by lifting us up and blessing us in ways that we could not even have imagined. In Ruth's case, here she is walking through the fields and picking up scraps that are falling from the harvesters, and yet God makes it so that she wanders into a field of a, a wealthy family kindred redeemer who's going to marry her and bless her way beyond her imagination. But it never would have happened had she not humbled herself in the first place. We said that God specializes and looks for opportunities to wow his people. He has a way of just throwing you back on your heels and making you say, wow, that show enough was God. And so on this morning, I want to close this series of messages in our theme and in our series entitled Passing a New Way in this text here in Luke's Gospel chapter 12. I want to talk to you on today from this sixth and final part of the series of the message from the subject matter, Getting Rich a New Way. Now, I I don't know who came in the door this morning, but I'm just curious as to know, is there anybody in the house on this morning that came in and in the back of your mind, you're thinking it sure would be nice to learn how to get rich. I know I got some sanctified folk that don't want to be rich, but there's any other real people in the house that wouldn't mind knowing how to get rich. I'm talking about a legitimate way. I ain't talking about nothing off to the side, a legitimate way. On this morning, as we look at this subject matter of how to get 
rich, a new way. I was reading through an article that I saw on this week, and this week the article spoke of the federal authorities who raided an apartment. Now, in this apartment, they found $20 million hidden in a mattress. In an apartment, you know, people don't always be real careful in apartments. And in apartments, people have a tendency to leave stoves on and fire on and, you know, stuff catches fire and stuff burns up in apartments. But in this apartment, this guy was storing $20 million in a box spring mattress. I don't know how he was sleeping at night. He was at least sleeping on his money. Amen. But he had $20 million in this apartment. Now, as the investigation kind of unfolded, it revealed that this particular money was obtained through a get-rich scheme familiarly known as a pyramid system. Now, just in case you're thinking this is a lot of money, $20 million, what you're looking at is only a portion of what this man and what this system had stolen out of people. The investigation revealed that nearly a million people had invested in this pyramid system in order to get rich as quick as they could. And in the process, they lost nearly $2 billion. So the get rich scheme only worked for the people who were running the scheme. Y'all still here with me? And they netted in excess of $2 billion from nearly a million people who wanted to get rich quick. Now, there's all kinds of get-rich-quick schemes. There's all kinds of people walking around telling you that I can help you quickly get some money and quickly build up your accounts and quickly build up your financial status, everything from pyramid systems to penny stocks and house flipping and all kind of stuff. Everybody has a plan to get you rich quickly. Y'all still here with me? So what I thought what might be helpful for us on this Sunday morning is that I would throw my hat in the ring with all the others who are teaching about how to get rich and also teach from the scripture how to get rich a whole new way. Y'all still here with me? Y'all haven't checked out yet, right? So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about this thing this morning about getting rich a new way. Now, most of us are in the process of our lifespan have been working on trying to obtain more wealth some way or another. Amen. And I know there's a few of you who are holy and sanctified and you don't care about making no more money. You got way more than enough. You okay. You good. Amen. It might, might be just a few folks like that in the house, but for, for the rest of us, I thought it might be helpful, amen, to talk about getting rich a new way. Now, let me bring you up to where we are in this text in the Gospel of Luke. In this text, Jesus has been teaching the multitudes, and he's been teaching the multitudes on the emphasis of focusing on that which is of the utmost importance. As he is teaching them, he begins by telling them not to worry about the one who can kill the body, but be more concerned about the one who can destroy the body and the soul. 
He comes back and he says to them, as he's explaining and defining and, and trying to help them to focus on the things that are of the utmost importance, he says to them, don't worry about what's going to happen to you each day. God does not forget about even the sparrow who flies in the air, but make sure he feeds the sparrow and you are more valuable than the sparrow. So God will not only not forget you, God will take care of you. Um, Can I talk to somebody here on this morning? I know it feels like he has somehow forgotten you. He's too busy. He's dealing with heavier issues, but I want you to know on this morning that God is still looking out for sparrows and he's still looking out for you. I mean, I mean, I feel like it right now, but I need you to understand that God has not forgotten you. And so he's trying to help them understand the things that are of the utmost significance and of the utmost importance. And while he's going through the process of teaching and he's on a heavy duty subject matter, this dude comes up to him and says, uh, Jesus, this is my version of the story. Me and my brother argued he won't give me my money, my inheritance. So he says to Jesus, Jesus, um, make my brother give me my inheritance. Jesus says, "Um, I I didn't come for that purpose. I'm not your arbitrator. That's not my purpose. As a matter of fact, I'm talking about heavy stuff and you worrying about your inheritance that your brother won't give you. Maybe I'm talking to somebody. But he interrupts the message of Jesus. He interrupts the teachings of Jesus to begin to deal and thinking that that issue is important. But Jesus takes them back to say that is not a high level of importance. And then he begins to speak in this parable. And in this parable, he begins to reveal to us first and foremost, as we look at this parable in uh, Luke's gospel, chapter 12, beginning at verse number 16, he spoke the parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful and he thought within himself, what shall I do? since I have no room to store my crops. Now, what a, looking at this text, the first thing I want to help us as we grow towards getting rich a new way, you need to first of all, let's look at the problems with prospering because I don't want you to prosper and then have problems with prospering. But the major problem with prospering, we all have a tendency to face the same problem that this man faces and that is what am I going to do and where am I going to put what God has blessed me with? That becomes the problem. This man has been blessed with more. He's been blessed with his crops, that his crops yielded plenty. And his dilemma is, what shall I do since I don't have room to store my crops? Now, I know that you're thinking, Pastor, I don't have no problem with prospering. Yes, you do. And uh, you, because you think about prospering from the perspective that you got so, that there's so much money, you need to figure out what to do with. But prospering is not just money. Prospering has uh, a lot of other ramifications. And sometimes prospering is not that you go from $5 an hour to $50 an hour. Sometimes you're 
of prospering is just going from $5 an hour to $7 an hour. And in the process of us keep making more money or in the process of us beginning, begin to get more blessings from God, we have the problem with what am I going to do with what I'm having? And because we, well, the more we get, the more we have a tendency to gather. Help me, Lord Jesus. And so if I can fix it up this way, when we uh, begin to prosper materially, what happens to us, we begin to get more shoes. Help me, Lord Jesus. We begin to buy more suits and more dresses and more jeans and more hats and more ties and more toys. Help me, Jesus. And some of our toys are big toys, garage-sized toys. Some of our toys are little toys, but we begin to buy more things, comforters and, 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 and drapes and, and, and lawn furniture. Because, you know, we got to have all the latest lawn furniture. And we go in Lowe's and we go in Home Depot. Help me, men. We go up and and we spend all day, amen, because we got a little bit more. And now I can afford to get that power tool that does everything. Help me, Jesus. I'm just preaching to myself. Y'all don't have to help me. And, and we begin to get these things, and, and we began to buy new TVs because we had the 3D version, but now they got a 4D version, and I need that 4D version and the smart version and the flat version and the light version. I got to get this kind and that kind. And we got more TVs, and we got more computers, and we got more knickknacks because I got to put knickknacks on my shelf. And then I need more shelves to put my knickknacks on. And then I got to get a china closet and a china cabinet. Then I need a wall to put my knickknacks. And I don't really want to dust the knickknacks, but I keep getting knickknacks. Keep me. Let me talk to somebody here this morning that want to be honest with me. We just keep acquiring more stuff and we get more furniture and we get more pictures to put on the walls. And we got more pictures than we got walls. And we got to ask ourselves like this man asked himself, what am I going to do with it? Where, 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 where? I don't have a room. I don't have, I don't have no room. The garage is full. The, the shed is full. The basement is full. Every closet is full. I have no room to store my prosperity. Here's a key point I don't want you to miss out of this text. In this text, when this man begins to prosper, the prosperity is a direct result of God's hand. The text says in verse 16, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful. Now, it wasn't the ground that made him yield plentiful. It was God, first of all, who put the dirt there. It was God who rained on his crops. It was God who brought the sunlight on his crops. It was God who kept the bugs away from the crops. And it was God who caused the crops to produce plentifully. Y'all still here with me? And so all the blessing that he has obtained, all the blessings of his land comes from God. But notice he, as he considers what to do with his prosperity that came from his crops, that ultimately came from God, he never once considers how I'm going to bless the blessor. He never thinks about how am I going to bless God back for blessing me how he just blessed me. This is a problem we have too. 
Because we get more, but we get it and gather it instead of figuring out how can I bless God back for what he blessed me with. I'm preaching way better than y'all saying amen. But if you're going to get rich a new way, you need to understand, you need to learn how to bless the blessor. The one who blessed you with what you have, you need to learn how to bless him back. Because if it had not been for the Lord, you wouldn't have the job. If it wasn't for the Lord, you wouldn't have the degree. If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have the paycheck. If it wasn't for God, because you know you come to work late and leave early, but God, by his amazing grace, kept you on the job if it wasn't for him. And so you need to figure out, how can I bless the blessor? This man doesn't consider how he's going to bless the blessor. But if we're going to get rich, a new way, a new way, not the old way, but the new way. The new way of getting rich is to bless the blessor. You got to bless back the one who blessed you with it. Are y'all still here with me? Secondly, secondly in this text, we, we find the solution. This is, he, he just raised his, his problem. This is the problem he has. The problem is I don't have enough room. I don't have enough room to store my crops. And then verse, verse 18, so he says, I will do this. I will pull down my barns build greater ones, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. Here's his problem with his solution. So we've seen the problem with prospering. Now look at the problem with his solution. The problem with his solution, first and foremost, is that everything about his solution is selfish. It's selfish. Not so much unlike us, everything about his solution what am I going to do with what I've just been blessed with? It's selfish. Watch this. First of all, uh, the, the first of all, it is self-derived. His solution that he comes up with, he comes up with it by himself. He says there in the text, verse number 18, I believe it is, I will do this. He don't ask nobody. He don't check with nobody. He, don't, he doesn't even check with the Word of God. Let me see what the Word of God says about being blessed this way. He doesn't check with the Word of God. He doesn't even call over a spiritual friend to say to a spiritual friend, you know what, I don't really know what to do. God is blessing me all this kind of way and that kind of way. What should I do with the blessing? He doesn't check with nobody. He comes up with the solution from and of himself. This is what I'm going to do. This is kind of how we do too. Man, I just got to raise what I'm going to do with it. And we already, watch this, we already got plans. Y'all don't have to say, man, we already got plans. Man, I just got a $50 raise. I know where I can put that. Amen. I know where that can go. And we do this too when we, when we think about winning the lottery. We already got plans for my lottery players out there. All right, y'all don't want to be exposed. Amen. Praise, praise the Lord. That's okay. That's okay. But watch this. He... He, he, it comes from himself. I will do this. No, no counsel, no, no nothing. But he didn't check with God. If you're going to get rich a new way, it would be beneficial to you, watch this, to at least ask God who provided you with the blessing, who provided you with the prosperity, who provided you with the more, it would be beneficial to you to go to him and ask him, how can I use what you just blessed me with? Y'all still here with me? I'm talking about getting rich a new way, a new way. I know the old way. The old way is you figure it out, you do it yourself. But the new way is I'm going to check with God because the God is the one who blessed me. So first I'm going to bless the blessor, and then I'm going to ask the blessor, what should I do? How should I handle what you bless me with? Y'all still here with me? Thirdly, not only is this thing self-derived, selfish in its nature, but as I look at the second part of 18, it is self-serving. The whole mentality about his solution is about serving himself. He says, I will pull down my barns and build greater barns, and there I will store 
all my crops and my goods. Only person he's thinking about is himself. And if you look at verses 18 and 19, I believe it is, and look at all the personal pronouns, all the eyes, all the mys, all the mine, and all this stuff is about him. This is about me, 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 me. And he says, look, I'm going I'm to take this stuff. I'm, this is amazing to me. He says, I'm going, I ha- watch this. First of all, I need you to see he has barns. He already has barns of stuff stored. Can I make it plain? He already has closets of stuff. He he already has uh, two sheds, not one, sheds. He has barns already. He has closets already. He has garages already full. And then he says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down what I already have so I can make room for more. Can I talk to somebody here? This is what we do. We say, I already got a three-bedroom house with a two-car garage and a shed in the back, but it ain't enough room here. We got too much stuff. So what we going to do? We going to sell this house. I know we already put 10 years worth of mortgage payment on it, but we going to sell this house and go buy us a bigger house so that we can and store more of our stuff in this house. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515 Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com, the president of Turkey, Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.